everyone. Good evening, good night, good morning, good afternoon, good uh, good everything, good day. Most certainly. Hello, good good well, good morning, good afternoon, good good evening. We're the financial preachers. Um, you know, sort of two two rather exotic uh, locations, you know, in, in the exotic island that we are in the United Kingdom. Um you know, we're sat here, yep. my name's Ivan. Sat opposite here in Greg. Yeah, my name's Greg, and uh, as you said, I think it's an exotic island. Now it's not considered Europe anymore, is it? So it's we're on an exotic island right now. Exactly, most certainly. So, Greg, today, cars. Yeah, so uh, we'll continue the topic of passive investments and just look at examples that uh, we ourselves have been involved in and see whether, uh, you know, we can just delve into the, the topics, I guess, a little bit. And most certainly. I'll kick that off with uh, myself looking at actually investing in cars and classic cars or cars to become classics it's something that i've started doing more recently having a look at mm -hmm. you know along with a portfolio of stock and shares investments maybe a little bit in crypto and a bit in real estate having a look at okay what's my passion and can i possibly make some money from it can i invest in it and have a long-term return and I think for me okay. it's always been cars it's something that i've always kept kept on top of i'm aware of uh, kind of what prices are going up what prices are going down and i've made some decisions with that and well we'll see how they turn out most certainly. Well, hopefully positive. Otherwise, otherwise people wouldn't be um, sat here listening to us. <laughs> so maybe maybe to kick things off, you know, what 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 cars? Because you mentioned so classic cars are soon to be classic cars. So firstly, um, you know, how, how do you maybe define what a classic car is? If there if there is definition, or secondly, too, is you know, how, how do you know what cars are soon to be classics? Because that that seems like almost a holy grail of you know buying something today which is almost worthless and then tomorrow it's something sought after yeah no certainly certainly it's uh, i've got to say the definition of a classic car is a bit of a difficult one because i think it's seen differently by everyone you know you might get right now a car from the 90s which some people would consider classic and you'll speak to other people and they'll say well no that's just a old car it's not a classic car it's just a 90s old car so it's a bit of both um, and I think this is kind of one of the big things is you've got to look at how people see the vehicles in other way. And we go back to the thing we mentioned before, which is nostalgia. If some, if something's going to become classic, specifically a classic car, a lot of it will come to nostalgia or where the car might have been seen. Um, I think a classic car usually is seen as a car from maybe 70s back, 80s back. That's usually where people see it as a classic. And a classic becoming, I think most cars from the 70s are now increasing in price. There's very few that are still going down. If we, for example, you know, we could take a look at some kind of 70s and 80s BMWs. Until, you know, two, three years ago, they were still going down in price. Right now, they're starting to shoot up in value. Um, the ones that I have myself, I've got a kind of a 90s Honda, um, which I managed to get to the top of the line for just on, for about one, for just over a, one and a half grand, and a Toyota MR2. And for example, you can, one of the good things with cars is it's one of the kind of more known in passion investments in a way. So you could go on haggerty.co.uk to have a look what the values are for them and what you should be looking to pay. So for the car that I got for under a thousand pounds, if I go and have a look at its condition, in the condition that, I, that I'm looking getting it into, it should be valued at about 2,800 pounds right now. And that's an increase in value over two years from under a thousand to two and a two thousand eight hundred pounds. And that's what is being valued by Haggerty. So if we say maybe two and a half thousand, that's a two thousand pound gain over a two year period. 
which I think for something such low value to start with is quite good. And that's something that I think I'd like to mention on here as well is it's with passion investments, you've got to use your passion, and your knowledge to get involved in it. You don't have to look at huge amounts of money. It's if you want to start with a small amount of money and get in there, it might take a while to find the right investments and the right way to get into it. But if you wait there and you do the research, there is a way to enter it. Fantastic. And I, I, I completely agree with you in terms of saying, you know, passion is all about driven by your interest and your interest will in turn drive your research and your research will drive your knowledge. In turn, you'll know, you'll know what is the right what is the right 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 car right product that you're you buy? So I think I think you touched very quickly on terms of research. You mentioned Haggerty and whatnot. Um, you know, m- maybe if you walk me through a bit about your your research process and how you approach things, how you approach um, you know, researching cars. Yeah, sure. So, well, I think the best example is the Honda right now that I've got. It's changing jobs. I was looking for another car to use on day to day basis. And obviously, I could go and buy out a car on finance and look at it, drop it in value every single year or every single month. And I chose to go the slightly different route of let's get something that's a bit older, maybe needs a little bit of work, but at the same time, I can keep using it and it's still going to increase in value. So that's one of the good things, I think, about buying a car that's a, that's not a classic yet, but is getting to the classic car status and is not at a concourse level, let's say. So it's not going to win any awards yet but it's classic enough and it's old enough to get value. So one of the things that I usually look at with that is when I looked at my Honda Prelude, I looked at the Honda Integras, Hondas, the other ones that were gaining in value. So the good example of it was a Honda Integra is used to be, I think you could get it for a thousand pounds, two thousand, three thousand pounds. Right now, some of them are going to eight thousand pounds, even tens of thousands of pounds for some really good examples. They're going really high up in price. And a very similar thing is happening to some of the old Type R Hondas, to Honda NSXs as well. They're gonna, they're slowly starting to shoot up, to shoot up in value. And you can look at other cars of a similar age and similar type and where they were. So just look at very similar scenarios and make sure that you look at the same brand. Make sure that you look at the same age group and what's happening with cars in the same kind of era in a way. So I think, uh, and also have a look at forums. I know that people these days don't really use forums as much as they used a couple of years ago, but there's still a good place. There's still a lot of information on some of the old forums, even if it's an article from 2003, 2004, 2005. If people are talking about this car becoming a classic or a future classic, and they've been talking about it 10 years ago, and you can see the prices slowly starting to creep up, you know that there's a possible classic on your hands there and something to, to invest in. Like, and it's also, and I think it all goes back again to research, just with cars, eBay, Autotrader, Gumtree, Facebook Marketplace, wherever you can find them, just sit there and look. It took me six months to find to find a Honda thing. It took me a year and a half to find a Toyota, but it's just sitting there and going through it sometimes and waiting until it pops up at the right value in the right, in the right kind of, in the right kind, because sometimes you'll have a very big difference between an automatic and a manual car in price as well. So it's knowing the differences, knowing what you're looking for and just doing the research, just sitting there and doing it. Fantastic. Yeah, most certainly. I think, I think at the end of the day, um, there's no easy way. There's no low hanging fruit. Of, of sort of ideas and solutions that just jump at you. It's something that you have to put in the footwork and the grind work to find the right solution, which best fits you. So perhaps maybe spiraling on from there. So you've chosen, all right, what car you want to buy. You've maybe even found the car that, that you're going to put your money in. So take me through a process. I mean, are, are you one with sort of, it's almost you want to buy something already in good tip-top running condition? 
or is it someone something that you want to approach with a fixer upper approach? And also, secondly, too, you know, as as sort of passion investments stand, you know, where where is the balance between, you know, you keeping it or protecting your investment, e.g., not using the car too much, and not racking up the miles and mileage. And then the flip side too, in terms of you know having to or enabling and being able to enjoy the consumption and utility of the car, effectively using the car. Yeah, sure, sure. So, uh, well, I think to start with the start from the back, I guess, start to the with the last question um, is you now when we look at not racking up the miles in a way. What I've done with mine is the Honda already has one hundred and eighty thousand miles on the clock. So me getting it to 200, 250, whatever like that, is not going to make that much of a difference. In fact, the racking up the miles gives me the opportunity to, to create content and have a look at another stream of income with it. Because people like following the old, old cars. And there's been a number of times where a car that's got to a, a million miles or more from Honda actually gets taken up by Honda for a PR event as well. So there's that whole side of it, which you have to have a look at as a... it's. It's a bit of a feather kind of road, and I don't want to go down that rabbit hole completely because we're talking about investments, but that's something to consider as well. But I think mileage and general usage comes into it. If if you're going to buy a car for an investment and you want to use it, buy a higher mileage example. Buy one that is a fixer-upper, where you can put in the work into it, put in a little bit of money and fix it up and reuse it and enjoy it. But I think if you're looking at buying a car that's specifically to as an investment, and, it's, and you're planning to buy it and get it to sit there, then that's where a lot of more research has to come into it because you have to have a look at, okay, how much money I'm going to spend on fixing it? When am I going to keep it? Am I going to keep it in a place that's actually not going to destroy it? Also, you've got to remember, with not driving a car, you have to turn the engine on, you've got to crank it, you've got to make sure that it's being used every now and then. It can't just be sat there or a lot of it will deteriorate. So in a way, there has to be a balance of using it and not using it. And that is a very fine line sometimes between how do you rack up very little miles in a way that the car still is low mileage, but at the same time, you rack up enough miles for the car to not break down. Because if you have uh, fuel pipes and the fuel is just sat in them, not actually being used, those are going to get damaged, those are going to rot. You get the same thing with a lot of the electricals. And if they're not used, if they're not run, and the heat cycle isn't performed on a lot of the rubbers, they can fail. So there's a... It's a bit of a fine line between that when you look at actually keeping a car in storage and storing it for its financial value. But that's where, again, a lot of research comes into it. There are There's a lot of places which offer car storage solutions right now. And they're not very, sometimes they're expensive, sometimes they're not expensive. Sometimes they might include a trickle charge or sometimes not. It's, again, it just goes back to research, research, research. And I don't want to sound like a broken record for whoever, for whoever here actually knows what a broken record sounds like, because I know a lot of people probably don't these days. But it's one of those key things, I think, is you just have to do the research on what do you want to do with it? How are you planning to use it? And just going from there. Fantastic. And um, maybe touch on, in terms of restoring or, or, or repairing, um, I, I appreciate this may be quite a, a vast question. Um, I mean, are, are you one where you're happy to buy a car with you know, some damage or some some components where you can definitely fix it up, you know, and that way you're you're adding value to the vehicle versus mm-hmm. versus just buying something which is already in, in, in its its perfect state. 
I think this goes back to a question that's possibly, are you trading cars or are you investing them? That's one thing where there's going to be a big difference between people buying a car, fixing it up and then selling it instantly. And then you're just looking at the initial value or whether you're looking at investing in it. And when you're looking at investing, it's you're looking at a long-term game here. So if it is a fixer-upper and you're looking to keep it for five years, how much money do you need to spend to fix it up? Is five years enough for you to fix it up and then sell it at the end in a concrete condition where you're going to make the most profit? And are you sure that the car will increase in value enough for that? Or are you going to use it daily, like I'm doing with my Honda, for example, and it's just one of those things. It's There's a few things to fix here and there. It's not too complicated. I'm going to spend £500 fixing it, and I spent £500 on a car that's just over £1,000, and I can instantly sell it for £1,000, but my plan is to keep it long-term, because I can see the long-term investment in that car and the long-term possible gains with it. So it's it would, again, unfortunately, because of how different different cars are, it goes back to research, because if we look at a Ferrari, the fixing and repair costs are going to be much higher, but also the gains on it are going to be much higher. Whereas if you look at something like a, let's say a Mini Cooper, an old Mini Cooper, the fixing and a part cost is going to be much, much lower. Fantastic. That, that's a very good insight. I think lastly, too, with any, with any investment, um, an, an investment effectively concludes, or some, some would say an investment is only when you can sell the asset. So um, there, there are many ways to sell cars. Um, I think it's very much dependent on what car you have. But I mean, how would you approach it? Because I'm sure it's not something that you sort of just show up to at your local used car dealers and ask them if they want to take this in. How would you make the most efficient exit for your 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 vehicle? Sure. So um, there's, there's different ways here because obviously we could look at things like eBay, Gumtree, those sorts of sites and AutoTrader. You could look at an auction site and see whether you can auction it off on one of the big auction sites for cars or whether you could sell it for a forum. Um, I would usually say that the best thing to do and the thing that I've all usually done is if you're trying to sell a car for pure value and you want to control the value that you sell it for, go on a forum, go on eBay. But if you want to sell it for a high price, you're going to have to be prepared to wait and hold it for time until the right person comes along. If you wanted to go in quickly, you could chuck it on an auction site, but you don't know what you're going to get. You can always put a reserve on it, but it's always going to be a bit of guesswork as to, okay, am I actually going to get the money? Is the right person going to be there on the day? But it gets sold quicker, but there's also more fees that come with it. So there's a bit of a guesswork like that, you know. It's one thing that I would obviously say is sites like Facebook and Gumtree are brilliant for finding the cheap cars. But that's why they're good for finding cheap cars. You're probably not going to sell your expensive car there. You're probably not going to sell a classic there yourself at least if you're trying to get top value selling it on a forum among other enthusiasts is probably good because other people you'll have people there who know the value who know the car if you post it about it they'll know the history of it so they might pay you a higher price for it as well fantastic i think i think that's a very good overview that greg you outlined in terms of you know how how do you invest in cars you know what is an investment in car and also just a process of buying keeping, restoring, and then eventually selling and exiting your investment. So maybe to, to, to sum up the last words, Greg, you know, what, what would you say is your key point? I think we hammered home very early on that it's all about doing research and what connects with you and what you understand. Um, maybe you want to build on that and conclude on that. 
I would I would say that's probably one of the main things. It's like any passion investment. It has to be your passion. You've got to live it. And that's how you'll be able to tell what's the key uh, thing coming up and what's going to be a good investment for you. Because at the end of the day, like any investment, it could flop. It could fail. So with a classic car, like a piece of art, the worst case scenario is you've got a piece of art that you enjoy or a car that you can enjoy driving. So if it flops and loses value, you still have something that you enjoy and that you like. And you go, okay, well, it's lost value. Who cares? Now it means I can get in there and drive it because it's fixed. I put money into it and now I have a car I love. But going back to it a bit, research is key. Research, research, research is the key thing. It might sound boring, but at the same time, if you're researching something that you're passionate about, you probably know the answers yourself already. So if you look at something that you're passionate about, you're going to know the answers. You're going to know what to buy. You'll know where to go for the deals. It's You can probably talk to any car person, any person that's interested in cars, and they'll tell you the same things I've just said on here because they know it as, oh, this is basic. This is simple stuff for us. We know where to find it. We know that we need to go here, go there. But it's putting the work in and doing sometimes the extra bit of research. Sometimes it takes a little bit extra than maybe what you find on a YouTube video from some guy that's doing, I don't know, drifting, for example. Go on a different video, do specific research, go on sites like Haggerty and other ones that are specific for classic cards and have a look at those and have a look at the actual graphs and the value of them and how the values have increased over years. There's a lot of data there that's available for free to people, but I think it's quite often gets missed is the actual data and the analysis of it. Fantastic. That, that's a really good overview. Brilliant. So um, just before we wrap up, we have to do the... Um, the good old traditional disclaimer, as they say. So all views expressed are our own personal views at this time and not of any firms and does not constitute any financial advice. On that, that note, so. we've been the Financial Preachers. Have a good evening. Have a good evening, good night, or good morning, wherever you are, whatever you're doing. And uh, we'll speak to you probably next week with... We'll see, we'll see. And obviously, I would, what I would say, actually, is in the comments section, if anyone is listening, let us know whether you prefer this shorter versions of podcasts or if you prefer the hour-long podcast sessions, because we're playing around trying to decide what's best for the audience. So you might as well let us know what's best for you. Awesome stuff. And from Thank us, you, that's good night. <laughs>